Coming up on today's show, we catch up with BYU linebacker Max Tooley, the man who had the pick six against USF. One of the star players explains how it all went down and what he's excited about when they go up against Baylor this coming Saturday. We'll also catch up on the BYU basketball schedule. It's out in its entirety. What to make of the non-conference slate. We'll catch up on that as well as the other news and notes all involved in BYU athletics. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars, your first listen of the day. Always appreciate his patronage of this show. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. By way of introduction, any of you who may be new to the show, my name is Jake once again. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City as the executive producer of DJ and PK, and I'm Moonlight over here talking all things BYU on this podcast. Our goal here, by the way, quickly to state that, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room, so thank you once again for checking out the show. Alright, let's dive right in on today's podcast, and the biggest thing I think, and you can probably tell I'm wearing my uh, San Francisco 49ers hat today. I'm an unabashed 49ers fan. I've been that way my entire life, and that's the thing about today. It's opening night for the NFL, albeit it's the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams kicking things off. That'll be at 6.20 p.m. Mountain Time on NBC if you want to tune into that. I will obviously be watching that. But a lot of you out there, I think, when it comes to the NFL are essentially... Uh, well, if you... Okay, here's the thing. If you play fantasy football like I do, and I, I've been playing it for, wow, I don't know how long. I think I started playing it back when I was like in junior high in the very, very early days. By the way, Priest Holmes, way back in when... That dude won me more than one fantasy league, I can tell you that much. I kind of stumbled into him when he was doing his thing for the Kansas City Chiefs, but that's, that's besides the point. Uh, when it comes to fantasy football, you become more beholden to rooting for individual players versus actual teams. Like I said, I'm an unabashed 49ers fan. I, San Francisco, uh, they are my squad when it comes to the NFL. I watch every game. I, I st- keep up to date on the squad. By the way, I listen to Locked On 49ers every single day. One of our uh, podcasts here uh, keep me apprised with everything going on with the Niners. I would encourage you guys to do the same thing if you have an NFL team. But my point is, I think there's a number of you out there who are BYU football fans first and foremost. And I've talked with a number of you who say that when it comes to the NFL, you just kind of track where guys are playing. Your former, uh, your your favorite former Cougars, I, I call them former Cougars in the pros. We talk about it throughout the NFL season. We catch up on how those guys are doing. And a lot of you track that. And that's kind of how you root. You root for these guys in their situations in the NFL. So I wanted to start today's show and talk a little bit about where where these guys are playing, and what I think the prospects are for them this upcoming season. Let's start off with the most recent uh, draft, and that would be Tyler Algier, of course, the fifth-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons. I have been of the opinion that all offseason long, that Tyler Algier, given the right opportunity with an Atlanta Falcons squad that's very much in rebuild mode, they're, they're tearing things down, uh, he could end up as the number one running back this year for the Atlanta Falcons. Will it ultimately come to pass? I can't say that for any with any certainty because it's a 17-game schedule, 18 weeks ahead in the NFL slate. But I'd reckon that if he's not the leading rusher for the Atlanta Falcons this up uh, this season, 
I'd be thinking he's probably number two, maybe. Uh, I got Cordero, Pat, Cordero Patterson uh, could take that lead for the Atlanta Falcons. But I think Tyler Algier, folks, he's got a big-time opportunity here. I, and trust me, the Atlanta Falcons, they're not expected to be anything. They're, they're a team that's expected to contend for a top overall pick in next year's NFL draft. But that screams opportunity for Tyler Algier. Uh, the offense that they run in Atlanta, they run the wide zone blocking scheme, which Tyler may be the most patient runner I've ever seen in that wide zone running scheme. I think Tyler's set up to have a lot of success. Now, Brady Christensen's also playing his trade in the NFL for the second straight year, the former third-round pick of the Carolina Panthers. He was kicked inside Ekem Ekwonu, who is their first-round pick this year in the NFL draft, has locked down the left tackle spot that Brady had been competing at. That just slotted Brady inside side to offensive guard where he is going to start week one this week. It's a big opportunity for Brady Christensen. I think he's actually better suited to play guard in many ways. I know he was a pretty good tackle for BYU, but one of the knocks on him was the fact that he didn't have the prototypical length. And I mean, mean arm span, wingspan, whatever you want to term it. Uh, arm length when it came to the NFL draft process. I think Brady's going to be a fantastic guard for the Carolina Panthers and if at some point they need to kick him back outside to tackle, he's more than capable of doing that. Uh, like I said, similar to Tyler Algier, Carolina's not expected to be much, but a big opportunity for Brady Christensen to kind of grow with this franchise. Now we got two guys on the Los Angeles Chargers this year. Michael Davis, who in my opinion might still be one of the great undersold and undertold stories in NFL out of BYU history. Uh, the thing about Michael Davis, he was benched as a senior at BYU. Uh, he was just he, he was being ineffective. He goes to Pro Day, puts up these monster numbers. The Los Angeles Chargers say, you know, we'll take a flyer on this guy. They bring him in because uh, just the, the speed, size, combo, all that stuff. And he really honed his craft. He's now got like a five-year deal worth something like $70 million. Or maybe not even that much, but still. He made good on the bet on him made by the Los Angeles Chargers. He's being joined there in LA by Fred War- not Fred Warner. Wow, that was a gaffe. Kyle Van Noy, excuse me, I'm looking at my list here. Kyle Van Noy signed with the Chargers this offseason after being released for the second time by the New England Patriots. He's got a Super Bowl pedigree. He's got the two Super Bowl rings having played for the Pats. I think Kyle Van Noy, this may be his last stop in the NFL, but he is still plenty effective, and I look forward to seeing him teaming up with guys like Michael Davis on that Los Angeles Chargers defense. If you're a Chargers fan, defense looks pretty pretty nasty, uh, if I'm being honest. Taysom Hill is going to be the do-everything guy for the New Orleans Saints once again. He's officially listed as a tight end, going to make $10 million, by the way, this year uh, with the New Orleans Saints. The days of Taysom Hill being a quote-unquote NFL quarterback, uh, those are at an end. Dennis Allen is the new head coach there in New Orleans. He has said as much. Unless Sean Payton comes back after a one-year hiatus and tells Dennis Allen, hey, you're dead wrong. Taysom is our quarterback. I think the days of expecting Taysom Hill to be a a full-time starting quarterback in the NFL, they're all but over, but he's being rewarded handsomely with a $10 million contract. Look forward to seeing Taysom contributing in a myriad of roles this year with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Dax Milne with the Washington Commanders. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing what Dax can do in his second season. He w- made the roster last year as a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, it really made an impression this training camp, reading up on some of the storylines about him. The biggest thing this year, I think, will be for him, similar to the situation that Brady Christensen and Tyler Algier are in, where it's more of a rebuilding franchise. Dax Milne can really establish himself as potentially a guy that's a building block for that franchise. Will he ever be the number one wide receiver for the Washington Commanders? 
Commanders? No, I don't think he will, but he can be a nice piece for that receiving core there in our nation's capital. Oh, I also, I, I apologize. I, I missed this. I forgot about this one. Daniel Sorensen's also teaming up with Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints. Now, uh, Dirty Dan, I actually had a conversation with somebody at BYU the other day, and we were talking about Dan Sorensen, and both of us agreed. The fact that Daniel Sorensen has carved out a nine-year NFL career has made a buttload of money. I think he's north of at least $50 million in his career. As an undrafted free agent who was never necessarily a freak athlete like Taysom Hill, uh, was never necessarily a guy who was the most productive safety even in his time at BYU, the fact that Daniel Sorensen's done what he's done in the in his NFL career is absolutely astonishing, and we'll be rooting him on. Uh, Daniel will be competing there in the back uh, backfield for the New Orleans Saints. And one thing I can tell Saints fans, any of you out there who watched the Saints and had watched Daniel Sorensen with the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, there are times you're going to be like, okay, he is ineffective, etc. But in critical moments, it, it, it's almost uncanny how he makes big plays in big moments. That, that's the thing about it. Can he channel some of that magic as he, as he goes to the Big Easy now? We'll find out. Sione Takitaki is back at linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. I'd like to see Sione really start to emerge and establish himself. I think he's a guy uh, that if Sione doesn't have another ha- have a kind of a breakout season in a way relative to what he's done previous in his time in Cleveland, he could be a guy that finds himself on the cut list come next offseason. And that's the harsh reality of the NFL. These guys, it's a rat race. In so many ways, it's a rat race. But Sione Takitaki, I think he's got the talent, and he's always had that talent. The biggest thing is honing it and being on the field consistently for the Cleveland Browns. Will he get that opportunity? We're about to find out. Another linebacker, obviously the place for my squad, the defensive captain for uh, the 49ers, Fred Warner. The highest paid linebacker in NFL history now, the top rated linebacker if you uh, pay attention to Madden rankings. Fred Warner is on his way to another all-pro season, barring something completely unforeseen, knock on wood, an injury, etc., I love what Fred's doing. He has been absolutely incredible in his time in the NFL, and the fact that he is now considered to be the best linebacker in the NFL. It's crazy to me, but at the same time, makes me super proud considering what he endured during his time at BYU. His final season, folks, was that 2017 season. He went through maybe the worst season. Oh, no, it was the worst season in 50 years of BYU football, like since before Lavelle Edwards took over. He endured that worst, the worst season in half a century his senior year. Uh, he deserved more from his time at BYU, but the good news is he's made a lot of money and he is set to make a whole lot more with the 49ers while starring for them. Jamal Williams, obviously the the man, the myth, the legend with the Detroit Lions. Uh, I love Jamal. He has become this Colt fan favorite, both in uh, Green Bay as well as now in his time in Detroit. The good news is Jamal just continues to get the job done. Uh, similar to like Daniel Sorensen. He's never the flashiest running back out there, but when you need a hard yard, uh, like I guess two yards on a third and two why not I'd hand the ball off to Jamal Williams let him come downhill the, the dude is just he's reliable he's all reliable that's and that, that, I know that kind of sounds like it has a negative connotation but Jamal what a legend playing catch with uh, fans in the stands before the games he's just so much fun and then finally of course the number two overall pick the starting quarterback for your New York Jets well maybe by the time he gets back on in the lineup according to Robert Sala's latest week four that would be 
Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Zach back on the field for the Jets. Hope he's 100% by the time he gets back out there. It sounds like they're going to be very cautious with the early part of the season. Uh, similar to some of these other guys for BYU, Algier, Christensen, Sione uh, Takitaki, a little bit of a rebuilding mode. Uh, Dax Milton to Washington Commanders. Obviously, uh, him, Dax, and Zach don't really have a relationship anymore, but that's neither here nor there. Zach's got an opportunity this year to continue to uh, show what he can do. I hope that if he is out to week four, after that, he plays 13 straight games, has a great, great showing, and starts to really show the NFL what he's capable of doing with the New York Jets. Now, I also acknowledge this is the New York Jets we're talking about, my friends. Maybe the most cursed franchise outside of the Detroit Lions in NFL history, but hey, Zach's going to go in there and do his absolute darndest to see if he can get it turned around. So, if those are players that you were a fan of during your time at BYU, those are guys to track. There will be plenty of guys also on practice squads, guys like Kai Nakua, the Kafusi brothers, both Corbin as well as uh, uh, Bronson. Uh, they're, on, they're hoping to get on practice squads, or they are on practice squads. Uh, Matt Bushman broke his collarbone during the preseason. Uh, he actually was put on injured reserve and then released with an injury settlement. Uh, the hope is, and I, I understand I had talked with some people here, had to undergo surgery for that broken collarbone. Usually takes uh, six to eight weeks to heal that. It can take sometimes take shorter or longer. Most of the time with surgery, it seems to go hopefully a little quicker. And at that point, hopefully he can get re-picked up, uh, get re-picked up, can get picked up again by a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. It really started to seem like, at least in that uh, second preseason game, was the second when he got injured? Maybe the third. But when he got injured, he was really starting to be like, hey, I can play this game. So the hope is that that uh, collarbone is not a Knicks what looked like a budding career for him at tight end in the NFL. Maybe a team like he originally signed with the Las Vegas Raiders brings him back, but he's got to get healed up first. So, of course, we'll be tracking this all throughout the season, making sure you're aware of where all of these guys are playing, where they're moving to, guys moving up and down from practice squads. We'll have you apprised of all of that and keep you updated. And obviously, Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, his, uh, his connection to the BYU football program, very well chronicled. All right, coming up next, we go onto the field and talk with BYU line. Linebacker Max Tooley, uh, of course, had the pick six, the star on defense for BYU in the win over USF. I had a chance to catch up with him one-on-one and talk a little bit about that. And obviously this week's matchup with number nine ranked Baylor. We'll get to that here in just a minute. First, though, my friends, let's talk about our friends over at Upside. Of course, many of us out there were cringing at the pump. We're getting that eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. And yeah, I agree with this. That's why I want you guys to give Upside a shot. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you and I can get cash back thanks to Upside. That's the best part about this, my friends. To get started, all you gotta do is download the Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Think about that. 50% or more back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying from Upside. Check into the business, pay as usual with a debit or credit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. Upside earners are using, are, excuse me, are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So my friends, give it a shot. Download the free Upside app right now and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on that first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. By the way, we've officially covered the uh, covered man. I'm crossed the 1500 subscriber threshold on YouTube. I, I've told you guys every time we hit these like 500 and thousand dollar of. Uh, 
$500,000. Man, I am struggling today, folks. I apologize. But the best part is we've crossed 1,500 subscribers on YouTube. It's time for another giveaway. We will make sure you guys are taken care of. I got to figure out what I'm going to give away exactly. I'll have more details on that. We'll probably announce that on Monday. I'm going to kind of think it over and what I have in my reserves here, what I what I could get. We'll, we'll find something good. And of course, we'll take care of y'all and thank you for your support. All right. Time to talk a little BYU football on the field with Max Tooley. Of course, had the pick six a week ago. The Cougars ranked number 21 now moving up in the national polls earlier this week. They have a top 10 opponent coming in in Baylor on Saturday night and it's a big, big game. The vibe I've gotten for practice, by the way, I've been at, I've been at practice uh, two days earlier this week on both Tuesday and Wednesday and the vibe I get is BYU is, pardon the pun, but they're hell-bent on revenge. They, they want to get back at Baylor. They, they feel like that performance last year maybe was the worst performance of the season. They got absolutely trounced in every format, it feels like, in that game, especially in the trenches. A guy like Max Tooley, he obviously wants to have a better performance, but we started out talking by looking back at the pick six against USF, and then, of course, we transitioned in talking about the Baylor game this uh this Friday? No, this Saturday. So here you go. BYU linebacker, Max Tooley. I think you said in the post game that you had seen a play the day before similar, and you were like, you know what? It'd be kind of fun to do that. So just kind of taking me through what, what happened. Yeah, you know, I I think I was just watching football. You know, I was just watching, like, Sports Center the night before, and I think it was one of the first games that week. Uh, I saw this play. It was similar, like a, like a halfback screen out there. Instead of when going and picking it off he kind of just just laid him out like he, he just committed to the hit and you know I was like dang like that's something I could see myself doing and when it came to that moment I was like hey this is this is literally the same thing I just saw yesterday like might as well just take this one away and uh, score some points so that's my thought process at least hey it seems like it seems like the prudent idea because you see that ball and obviously you played offense in high school if I'm not mistaken yeah, so you're, yeah. you're like I can do this watch this coach yeah. I, I, okay uh, now you're playing that flash linebacker position if I'm not mistaken and it seems like a position that you're tailor-made for because I've, I've talked to you before and you said I'm not necessarily a prototypical safety but I'm also not a prototypical linebacker so do you feel like the flash it kind of accentuates all of your strengths as a player yeah exactly I think it you know like I said like I think my 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 advantage is my speed, not not necessarily my size. I'm bigger than I am, in my opinion, but I am lighter than other backers, and naturally that's going to get me in not as great of position. So uh, playing in the field, playing flash, has been really nice to be able to you know have a little bit more field to work with, um, be able to you know react later to throws, you know, use my speed. So just things like that. I re- I like flash though. Fred Warner played that flash spot when he was here. Have you taken anything from maybe watching his film or picking his brain on that spot? Yeah, exactly. Since I've played flash more full time, I've been studying a lot of what Fred did when he was at here, here at BYU. You know, we we play a lot of the same defense that he was doing uh, his last year here, his, his first year with Kal- or Kalani's first year. Um, so honestly, the position is very similar. So I think having someone that I can look at, watch watch his film, and learn from him, and see the way he plays the the position he played, um, it helps a lot. I guess outside of the pick six, obviously, what was your what you felt like was your best part of that game against USF? Um, you know, I think. I've, I've made a real uh, point of emphasis in the last year um, to work on my coverage, especially, you know, playing more to the field. I'm going to be covering that slot, being uh, in those windows. I think 
I was focusing on taking away, you know, those RPO throws. At South Florida is a big uh, RPO team, so I knew, I knew naturally where I was going to align. There was going to be a lot of RPOs that were designed to go in my window. So I think it was just a matter of, you know, I was just I was just trying to, you know, do my job, but do do as much as I could on top of that, you know, take away uh, take away other windows and whatnot. So. Baylor, big game this week. Obviously, you guys got beat pretty good down there. I've, I've talked to us enough guys. It's kind, of, it's kind of an unspoken thing. Like You guys want to go out there and have a better showing this year against them than you did last year. Do you, do you feel that same thing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think any one of us that played in that game was, was satisfied, obviously, with the way it turned out. But just like I didn't feel like we were ready to come that game. And I feel like we're a lot, lot more prepared in all aspects this year. We got a fully healthy squad for the most part. You know, there's, just that alone is going to help us, you know, enormously when it comes to defense. You know, our offense is going to take care of business like they always do. And they're going to put the points on the board. But, you know, I think it's just a matter of coming in with a little bit different mentality, having that home field advantage behind us, um, that crowd to, you know, to get in their head a little bit, I think it will play a, lot, a huge difference. You know, it'll be a, a lot, a lot bigger, uh, you know, advantage for us this year. So, Coach Grimes is their offensive coordinator, but you've got some institutional knowledge having had him on the staff here. Do you think that helps you guys at all? Yeah, I mean, we we always kind of joke, you know, because Grimes and A Rod they they run very similar offenses in a way. So a lot of people on the offense are asking us like, Are "You excited to play?" You know us this week you know in an actual game and you know it is it is fun you know we we see a lot of their stuff when we play against the ones in practice and so I think it'll be a good test for us to see how we'll actually match up with uh, you know some some good coordinators like Grimes you know they got some solid coaches solid positions all around so I think it'll be a good test for us. How excited are you to be back on the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Oh, excited. Very excited. And, you know, I think we've we've taken uh, for granted these last couple of games, at least looking back at the bowl game, you know, and, and this game in South Florida. While we had a great showing, um, a lot of fans came out. And, you know, even those games kind of seemed like home games. Kind of forget that, that vibe, like, uh, you know, the Utah game last year. Like, that was just... It was crazy, you know, there's so many fans there. Um, so yeah, we're just looking for the same kind of out- outcome as last year um, with the home opener and get it wild. So. There you go, Max Tooley, a great conversation. Always appreciate him, and he's just one of my favorite dudes to talk to, not only for the fact that he actually speaks Mandarin Chinese, which I also speak. We will serve Mandarin-speaking missions uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but a great conversation, and you can tell he's ready to be back in front of the home faithful, cheering, having you guys cheer him and his teammates on when they take on Baylor. Looking like it's more and more likely it's going to be a sellout Saturday night. It's one of the top games this weekend. Uh, outside of uh, People are saying that Alabama-Texas is actually actually going to be a game. It's not a game, folks. That is going to be a bloodbath is what it's going to be. But nonetheless, they're two power programs. They get the hype, blah, 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 whatever. BYU-Baylor, that's an elite matchup, and I, for one, cannot wait. And you heard him talk about the fact that they're, they they know a lot about what Jeff Grimes likes to run because they do run similar a similar offense to what Aaron Roderick runs, having worked together at BYU, obviously. But once again, a big thank you to Max for taking the time to sit down with me. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch up on the other news and notes involved in BYU athletics. The full BYU men's basketball schedule is out. We've got to look at that and some of the big games on the slate. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked On. Cougars.
All right, before we go on today's show, I want to remind you guys to make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza getting you ready for the upcoming NFL season. Local team experts all across the Locked On Podcast Network with a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into the one Ultimate pre, uh, ultimate NFL Preview. Excuse me. Search for the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. All right, BYU basketball for a minute here as we close out Today's show, they have announced their official schedule, their full schedule, I guess I should say, for the upcoming season. It will begin with their blue and white game on October 26th. That'll be a Wednesday. Uh, TBA on when that'll be happening. I'm assuming there's probably going to be some uh, kind of midnight madness type deal. There will obviously be opportunities for the BYU faithful and the BYU uh, men's basketball program to interact with their fans. Uh, things get unofficially underway with their exhibition game against Ottawa out of Arizona. Apparently, they're the Ottawa Spirit. Um, you couldn't. I, you could have given me a million dollars. I never guessed this. Uh, they'll be taking on Ottawa. That'll be Wednesday, November second, in the Marriott Center at seven o'clock Mountain Time. And then the season officially gets underway November seventh. It'll be family home evening with the BYU men's basketball program. A seven o'clock matchup with Idaho State. Former BYU big man Kobe Lee is on the Bengals roster. He'll be making his return to the Marriott Center with the Bengals. Looking forward to that matchup. Uh, that'll be on obviously BYU TV, etc. And a big opportunity to kick off the season. Other notable games in the non-conference, uh, the second game of the season, they go to San Diego State, a huge game down there at Viejas Arena. Missouri State's been a pretty good team. will actually be BYU's second home game of the season on Wednesday, November 16th. Then they will play for the Battle for Atlantis. They open up with USC over Thanksgiving weekend. Two other games in that uh, big matchup. The second game will be either Tennessee or Butler, and then the final game will be determined uh, based on results there. But those uh, games down there in it, at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas, absolutely could make or break BYU's NCAA tournament hopes in their final run with the West Coast Conference. Then they come back uh, with two games at Vivint Smart Home Arena. They're going to play Westminster on Tuesday, November 29th. Uh, That is the slot uh, doing some sleuthing that Utah State and BYU originally set to play. Uh, Utah State wanted a home-home neutral setup with BYU on their schedule. BYU said, no dice. We want to kind of go year-to-year here. We're transitioning into the Big 12. Utah State, as they are wont to do, was a pet and child and have been whining about it, mainly their fans. Let me be very clear about that. But the fact that Utah State, they, they, they won't play ball with BYU and BYU may be posturing a little bit, but at the same time, this could have gotten done if, if Utah State would have not been like, you know what? You could have make it, made it happen, but Westminster is the beneficiary. They'll face off at Vivint Smart Home Arena. And then actually just four days later on Saturday, December 3rd, South Dakota is going to play BYU at Vivint Smart Home Arena. So uh, it's not Vivint Smart Home Arena, Vivint Arena. They've changed the name. I apologize. BYU schedule here has it marked wrong. But And then they'll uh, finish out things with a home date against UVU, a big-time showdown of what should be a top-10-ranked Creighton team in Las Vegas. Utah is in Provo on December 17th, then BYU. BYU takes on Weber State in their final non-conference slate. So the in-state schools outside of Utah State are in the month of December as they get ready for West Coast Conference play. Weber State and the Cougars will square off just before Christmas, December 22nd. And then, of course, West Coast Conference play begins a week later on Thursday, December 29th as BYU opens up at Pacific. I think this is actually a really, really stout schedule for BYU. The big games, obviously, Creighton is going to be a huge one. A sneaky good one is that South Dakota game. Obviously, all three games down there in the battle for 
for Atlantis in the Bahamas is absolutely critical for BYU's hopes, as is the San Diego State matchup down there at Viejas Arena. So BYU can take care of business in those games. That means they probably have a pretty good shot at making the NCAA tournament in their final season in the West Coast Conference. And of course, we all know that this season is all gearing up to join the Big 12, which is going to be the preeminent men's basketball program in the country once the Cougars and these other new programs going into the Big 12 enter that. By the way, uh, this coming out, the Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner, he'll be officially visiting BYU this weekend, uh, checking out things for the Baylor game. There's a great weekend to come into town, and that's the one that he picked uh, to come in and see two future conference mates squaring off. Uh, obviously hoping that we can uh, get some FaceTime with Brett Yormark. We'll see how that all shakes out, but a big opportunity all the same uh, for BYU to put their best foot forward for their new conference commissioner as they get ready to join that conference on July 1 next year. All right, final notes uh, before we go here is if you have not seen uh, the new Eli's Places featuring BYU quarterbacks Jim McMahon and Ty Detmer, y'all need to go check it out. It's on ESPN+. Plus. It's a series that Eli's doing highlighting great stories in college football. Talked about BYU being QBU quarterback university and it was it was cheesy, but I really enjoyed it at the same time. Ty Detmer and Jim McMahon actually thought did really good in their roles with it. So if you've not seen that, check that out. And then finally, uh, there are two opportunities to support other BYU uh, programs in action this evening. The women's volleyball team is taking on Georgia Tech in Atlanta at O'Keefe Gymnasium. That's going to begin at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, 7 o'clock for those of you down the down in the Atlanta area. Uh, Jeff Hennor, I know you live down there. I hope, Jeff, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but uh, that's going to be on the ACC Network extra. I don't even know what that means. You probably have to pay for it if you want to uh, watch the stream of that. But if a guy like Jeff's down there in Atlanta, I can encourage you to go over and support uh, BYU against Georgia Tech. And then also the women's soccer program is at home tonight. They're the 13th ranked Cougars welcoming Arkansas to Southfield. That'll be on BYU TV and streaming on the BYU TV app. Uh, match time. 8 o'clock Mountain Time. That's actually a kind of a late match time and it might be due to the heat wave we've been dealing with here in the state of Utah. But Nonetheless, big opportunities tonight to support both women's volleyball and women's uh, soccer in those two matchups. Oh, and then uh, two final notes uh, here. Uh, some of you have reached out on YouTube uh, and have said, Jake, uh, I've actually got two comments in like the last week. One said, Jake, the beard's got to go. Another one said, Jake, loving the beard, keep it. So which is it, my friends? Am I keeping the beard or am I, am I losing it? And really, you know who makes this decision for me? The missus. Mrs. Hatch, she's still enjoying the beard. I don't know for how much longer. So you may... Uh, f- tune into one of these YouTube episodes in the relatively not too distant future and I may be clean shaven once again but we're enjoying the, the beard uh, it's actually the longest beard literally this is the longest my beard has ever been in my entire life I- I've not traditionally been a guy who grows a beard I have brothers uh, who have got like Duck Dynasty type looking beards or trying to grow those I've never really done it decided to give it a shot and uh, at some point it's going to come off and I don't think it's that, that day is too far off let's be very clear about that so thank you for your insight on that and then the final thing here is Tanner Mortimer sent this comment in. Seeing Jake Hatch's face for the very first time with like a surprised emoji, uh, not what I was expecting. Tanner, thank you. Uh, I'm not 100% certain how to take your comment. So uh, thank you for tuning into the show and watching us on YouTube. Uh, I freely admit that I have a face made for radio. That's what I do in my day job uh, with the KSL Sports Zone, but at the same time, 
Absolutely love this new venture. Your guys' support here on YouTube has meant the world. Like I said, we just crossed the 1,500 subscriber mark. Uh, gunning to get to 2,000 in the next month or two at the very latest. And obviously, uh, sharing this with your family and friends is absolutely critical to any and all of that happening. So thank you for your support and continue to share this. Uh, word of mouth is absolutely critical. Leave us ratings and reviews. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button. Leave comments. Uh, give us the five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. All that stuff is absolutely appreciated, and I cannot thank you guys enough for the support of the podcast, as always. That is going to do it for us on this edition of Locked On Cougars. Coming up on tomorrow's show, it's a deep dive. We get you ready for Baylor, my prediction for the game, where I think the keys to BYU getting a win, upsetting a top 10 team at home, where those lie, we got you covered top to bottom, getting you ready for that matchup against Baylor. So once again, thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.